Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. All right, we got plenty, even without my monologue, I, which I did not do. Oh, jeez. No, that's all right. People will survive. Welcome in to this special Friday edition of Libservative. For those of you that have uh, given me your thoughts and prayers regarding my back injury, I thank you. Thank you very much. I think it was all me, Dan. <laughs> my, di- my divine connection with a superior being. It was just you and our eight loyal listeners that uh, now apparently includes President Joe Biden, but we'll get to that in just one second. He's Corey Walsh. And he is Dan Griffin. This is Libservative, and uh, being a fun Friday, uh, we have uh, quite, so fun. quite a bit to get to. It's actually kind of worked out, Corey, that, we're, that we we moved it to Friday, because a, a couple of things have happened since w- uh, Wednesday when we normally do our show, or, or Tuesday. I don't even remember what day of the week we're doing our show now, but doesn't matter. It's a little bit later. Here we are. Uh, so... We're pretty sure Joe Biden's listening to the show, Corey, because uh, he, I think so. he said something, I don't remember if it was today or yesterday, that uh, you had already mentioned uh, on our show. We did notice that there was a spike in downloads in the Washington, D.C. area. No, and, and nowhere. <laughs> oh, it just nowhere. didn't show up. Ah. Yeah, so we had 20 listens, and it uh, they, whoever downloaded, there was no IP uh ping to show you where they are so we're pretty now, sure it was just joe biden clicking the download button because he couldn't figure it out he, he didn't have his dr jill wife in the room to tell him how podcasts <laughs> dr. Wife, get in here <laughs> but uh yeah that's that's the joke i was making to you the other day it's like you know like we got a bunch of downloads in moscow once we got a bunch of downloads in china and we're like ah you know that's probably data mining but then we had 20 downloads and it's just like black on the, the little map it shows you like in the different like analytics so I made the joke that it was probably like the FBI, you know, Secret Service. And the reason why we're saying this now and now we're saying that we have more evidence of this is a couple episodes back, we were talking about the Build Back Better plan. And I said, it's too big. I'm like, it just it's too big of a blanket. It's so easy for people to vote yes or no on. And what we need to do is break it up into individual things and individual bills and then get all of these fuckers to have to vote on individually every single thing so that way we know where they all stand on each individual uh topic oh you mean well, like running bills in ways where you don't just like stack a bunch of extra shit into it that nobody that nobody none of the american people actually want yeah 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 instead of spill, filling it full of a bunch of just random bullshit how about we fill it how about we do it all at individual things so it's like genius oh, healthcare. Oh, uh Whatever, what were the? I don't even know what else was in the bill, man. It was so they never really talked about it. Nobody <laughs> it knows. Oh, child care. Uh, oh, the ch- uh, tax free credit. college, yeah. uh, drug prices. There was a bunch of stuff in it, like individually. Some of them are pretty popular. And let's get everyone's vote uh, tallied up for each individual thing. And then everyone can use it against each other. We had the midterms coming up. That's enough. Perfect. Put down the mic. So, <laughs> so that's what I was saying. 
And then guess who came out and said it yesterday? Was it yesterday during his speech? But Biden, he's like, we're going to break this bill up into smaller things. And it's like, you've been reading my mail there, Biden. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not going to work. It's not going to work in any any way in which you would plan on it working. It it might not, but we're at least going to have a paper trail of all these people. So then when midterms come up, they can at least point it out and go, well, no, you specifically voted no on this. He's got a great memory, this guy. <laughs> I try to. Better than Biden's. Well, I, was, I think I was talking about Congress there. Oh. <laughs> Just a, one collective guy. Uh, how about to, another, another fun thing to open the show with here, Corey? Uh the rednecks are now boycotting Carhartt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, God bless them. You know, I didn't, I didn't. God bless them. Cut off my Carhartt thing, but you know what? You're allowed to boycott whatever you want. But it's, it's kind of like, well, I don't know. Like, you've probably had that coat for a while. Yeah, yeah. I don't better think burn it. You're spending much money with Carhartt in general. And it's like, you are, they already got your money. Why are you burning these clothes that are really warm? So now you're going to freeze your ass off with a less, uh, or with a product that isn't as good as Carhartt because Carhartt's brand is, you know, it keeps you fucking warm. I have Carhartt stuff. And now you're just going to burn all this and be miserable. Is Walmart, (laughs) is is Walmart mandating vaccines? We'll go shop there. Yeah. Just to, we'll just go get to our knockoff Carhartt. Just to own the libs, they're gonna make themselves more miserable. Oh yeah, that'll show them. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta show those libs. You, you just, you can't be mandating vaccines, even though, even though this is a, you know, they always go private company, private company, free market. Now that has been a more liberal talking point these days when it comes to things like social media. Oh, when it was out before the mandate, remember yeah, when yeah. everyone was like, you don't need to get vaxxed. And all the liberals were like, well, it's a private company. And <laughs> if you don't like it, you can find a job somewhere else. Well, now it's quickly changing to the other way. And it's just kind of funny. Like personally, I like I've said it on the show a million times. I'm glad the co- the courts voted against the mandate. As am I. But and actually, I wanted to expand on that in a second. I'll get back to that, though. I'm glad that they they knocked out the mandate. And Carhartt's a private company choosing. And here's you the know, thing: like you know, we we make fun of the rednecks uh, burning their Carhartts because uh, Carhartt has has mandated a vaccine among their employees. Are they doing the the, the testing option? I didn't look enough into it. I think they might be. I don't know. I either don't really way, know. either way, it doesn't matter. The, the, redneck, I, uh, the rednecks aren't going to care. <laughs> it's just when I see the the burning of things like that and doing things like that, it's literally the equivalent of the liberal left snowflake wokes that were screaming in the air when when Trump won. Remember that gif you see everywhere of that one say, chick just, in the glasses? Just, I was going to say, you just used the word snowflake. That's like so 2018, dude. We don't oh, yeah, that because anymore. that's who I'm comparing it to is the people in 2018. <laughs> it's a blast from the past, Dan. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, and it literally just reminds me of that. And it's like everyone's getting all up in their feelings with these knee-jerk reactions. It's fucking eight degrees outside well, right look, now. If, people if, are burning their coats. If enough people, you know, and I, and I can I can already see, you know, because we, we like to talk about on this show. Um, ever since I, uh, I I learned this this fun this fun phrase, you know, what's the best argument from the other side? And so I'm thinking from a uh, a conservative point of view, somebody who does not like vaccine mandates, regardless of whether it's the government or whether it's a private company. And I I'm thinking, okay, what's their what's their best argument? And it could be that 
uh, if enough people boycott Carhartt, it will hurt their sales enough that they will stop mandating stop vaccines. Mandating vaccines. Uh, Which for I'm sure, you know, I'm sh- when when companies make decisions like this, a big company that's been around for almost a hundred years, they've done all of their, you know, the analysis of the the threats of what could happen. They out like you know what I mean. Like they sit in a room and they figure all this out, and they sat in that room, I'm sure, and they were like, well, we might lose this, but it's not going to hurt us this much because the benefits out or the costs outweigh the benefits you know yeah and not to mention people the costs carhartt's one of those brands that like people are brand loyal to carhartt i mean they're they're they're, really are there's gonna be a lot of people that i think they're hurt because i think they you know we talk about all the time people creating caricatures of other sides of other things and things like this and like even though it's mostly blue collar conservatives you know like uh, like like blue collar is like typically republican and with that blue collar jobs of them being on the elements, they wear Carhartt. But I don't think that relationship was the, what they thought it was. Like, they're like, yep, this is us. Uh, working man, blue collar, Carhartt's with us. They agree with everything we agree with. That's why we wear Carhartt. I don't think Carhartt ever made that statement. I don't think like, they did yeah, either. We, we make clothes for everybody. <laughs> to keep them warm who work out in the cold and this and that. We want to sell I don't coats. think they care about your political affiliation when you wear their clothes as much as the people with the political affiliation thought they did. And look, and maybe that's why they're hurt. Full disclosure. Like, I think this is a bad move by Carhartt. Like, I don't think they should have done this. Yeah, I, me neither. You know, but burning your clothes is kind of like, Oh, what are you doing, man? No. You already paid for that shit. I own a couple Carhartt items. I'm not going to boycott Carhartt because they're, they're uh, mandating vaccines amongst, amongst their employees. And yeah, you, I saw someone, and uh, you can't play the free market game. When it's convenient for you, it's like it's like when people it's like when people quote the Constitution. People they always bring up the Constitution when it's convenient for them, but then when it's yeah. not, we need another amendment or we need to yeah. repeal an amendment. Which I can't believe people still say that because that's actually physically impossible within the Constitution. You cannot repeal an amendment; it's not doable. Right, and yeah, and it's and it's like I saw someone on my feed today, and he was cutting off the uh, the logo, <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, it's like at least. I kind of gave him credit. At least he wasn't getting this real knee-jerk reaction like uh, Adam Calhoun doing this whole video, like going, you betrayed us. You see these pants? These are my favorite pants. You should have seen this video. Dude. <laughs> these are my favorite pants. You see this hat? Weld stains and all this stuff. And he's like, and he takes it outside and he burns it all. And I was like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Um, but going back to the mandate now that we're talking about it, this is a little thought process that I had today that I think is really going to fuck the Democrats over. Okay. Okay. So the mandate for what's that? I'm sorry. I said, I was listening. I'm listening. Oh, okay. So the mandate for everyone, like normal people, like in private companies got it, got next. Right. But they're still passing the mandate for the federal employee. Like if you're a company, if you're a federal employee uh, working in like healthcare or whatever, or if you're a healthcare provider, and it gets funding from Medicare or Medicaid, then it can be mandated to those healthcare workers to get the vaccine, right? Here's a picture yeah, of Mr. Calhoun bur- burning his Carhartt hat in front <laughs> of his old Chevy truck. He feels it's a nice truck, actually. It's a very nice truck. <laughs> he just looks betrayed. <laughs> That's what I mean. It was like, it's like someone who like really likes a girl and then gets put friend then got friend zoned. Dude, his beard is so well groomed. Like I'm it so- used to be really long. I think he just cut it. I'm so proud of his beard. Better with the long beard. I mean, he does as look a, really badass beard. in front of that uh, that baby blue Chevy truck 
with that burning Carhartt hat. That'll show them. Sons That'll show them. Take that, liberals. Sons of bitches. <laughs> made sure, ruining everything. Made sure his finger tattoos were in the picture as well. Well, I mean, he has to show his fingers. He's Good wearing a hat. Him. And he's using the biggest fucking torch he's probably got in the shop just, just to make sure the job <laughs> is done well. <laughs> you gotta burn that liberal stink off that hat. <laughs> but so what I was saying is uh going back to the mandates, I think it's gonna kick them in the ass because now they're making it to where if you're like a federal like if it's federally funded by Medicare and Medicaid in the healthcare field, then it's a federal mandate for the vaccines. Vaccines. So I don't think they realize because they're so self-centered and now this whole politically charged thing. This is going to fuck them over now because people are going to start realizing that, holy shit, they're trying to push Medicare for all. If Medicare for all isn't everything, and then all of a sudden the government is in charge of all of our health care, then they get to mandate stuff like this on everybody. Mm. And you wait. That's going to start being an argument. You're going to be hearing from people. like So people that are on the fence about health care for all, I think, are really going to be like, oh, well, fuck this. Like, you're obviously the people who are for Medicare for all aren't going to be deviated by this. And people who are already against it are only going to use this as more fodder to say they're against it. But people on the fence, when right now we're pushing to have, like, more health care for everyone, this isn't going to help. I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I don't, does that make sense what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's it's the 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 power angle of the whole thing, right? Like, it mm-hmm. starts it starts with a with a big corporation like Carhartt, and then you know, it's it's kind of it kind of ties well, into. Go ahead. Not necessarily that. Like down the road, you know, the Democrats want to push for Medicare or Medicaid for all, almost to the point. Like some even say single payer health care. Now, if we have a single payer health care system, where you know, everyone is getting the government through the Fed, the Fed, then what's to stop the, the Fed saying, well, we're your healthcare provider. Yeah. You lose your healthcare if you don't get a, a vaccine or whatever do, the medical procedure can is. Really, really hold you over a barrel as evidenced by what's happening right now. Yeah. It, it, that's, that's basically where I was going, which is that you yeah. know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it almost ties into this. A lot of times, seemingly maybe kind of correct narrative coming from the right, which is that the government is essentially using big companies, big tech, whatever it is, to push narratives and to push for things like vaccine mandates. So, I I mean, I guess I understand, I guess I understand the fear, but it's, it's, I guess my pushback on it would be that we have to stop pretending like the American people are stupid. You know, like, 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 we're just going to go along. Like, that's, that's one of the issues that I have with, with the right when it comes to, oh, if it starts with this one thing, it's going to move on to this next thing. And, and in some cases, they are right. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we, we talked right. about, we talked about, you know, the, um, you know, people getting locked away for being exposed to somebody with COVID in Australia. And we also talked about how, well, there's a difference between Australia and the United States, both culturally and in, in our constitutions. But the right always put the, the, the right always, they, they want to pretend like, like the American people are stupid and like, we're just going to give away these rights. Now, some of us will, right? The fringe left is, is happy to just go ahead and say, Hey, let's just lock down for the next six years just to make and make sure nobody ever gets COVID again. And, you know, to hell with your, with your 
blue collar jobs. Nobody cares. But that's just not that many people. I'm sorry. Like nobody that I talk to on a day to day basis, I talk to a lot of people, just like face to face conversations about these nuanced discussions. Nobody thinks that way that I speak to. Nobody. You only find it on Twitter. So it's like I understand the concern from the right, but it's like just I gotta stop you real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, We just had someone comment on Twitch. It's not left versus right. It's right versus wrong. And then they said, "Let's go." uh, Hear me, find it real quick. They said, "Let's go, Brandon (laughs) and uh, Scrub Lord." I just want you to know, thank you. First off, thank you for watching the show. Second off, we're all adults. We just say fuck Joe Biden. You can just say fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> so you feel free to say that, like, because for real, fuck that guy. Thank you for the comment. Uh, and, and and I guess my pu- my pushback on that would be it's it's right versus wrong. Well, that's just that that's the that's the uh, morality Olympics that the left and the right like to play with each other. You know, you you think that you're you have the moral high ground. They think they have the moral high ground, and for the most part, it's just not true. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a lot of it's kind of subjective, huh? 100%. Shall we get on to the um, Biden press conference, Corey? Oh, yeah, go ahead. I didn't watch <laughs> it, and I didn't see any clips from it, actually. The thing is this. It was a huge nothing burger, right? Oh, so, he said, you don't know the reality of let's go, Brandon, do your homework. Oh, no, we know. We know the, the whole media thing behind it where, you know, they were saying, fuck Joe Biden, and... uh the media was like, Oh, let's go, Brandon. And we get it. We just, if you, if you go and listen to previous episodes of our podcast, we just think it just, it turned into one of those silly disenfranchised memes that both sides do. It's a grift. It's a grift. People making yeah. a lot of people making a lot of money with stupid t-shirts and coffee mugs and whatever. Um, yeah. Moving on to the Biden press conference. So, <laughs> so he goes out and he does this like two hour press conference. Right. And, uh, you ask yourself why, like why why would he do it now? And the answer is very very simple: his approval rating is garbage. Now you got a lot of people coming out here saying, "Oh, it's it's he's down to a thirty three percent approval rating." Now that's according to one poll; it's not really that low, but it is very very low, and he's down like twelve points or something stupid like that. Yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> so yeah, not good, not not a good approval rating for uh for for Skinny Joe over there. Now here's the thing. It was over two hours of a giant nothing burger. And you have left publications saying that it was a, a very strong move by the president to come out and and uh, go over a bunch of things that nobody cares about, essentially. And then you have the right saying that it is uh, it was a, a huge disaster. You even had Jesse Waters from Fox News, my, one of my faves, JK Dog, uh, calling it a, quote, a political field sobriety test that he failed, which honestly is really fucking funny. <laughs> but look, this, this is a press conference where uh, he goes out and he says things like, build back better won't raise taxes for anyone making less than $400,000, and it won't raise uh, the national deficit, which is a claim that is disputed by economists as well as, as, well as the Tax Foundation. Uh, Congressional Budget Office says the version passed in the House uh, would actually raise the deficit by $158 billion over 10 years. Now, I'm not a deficit hawk. I don't really care. Uh, But, like, Joe, what you said wasn't true, dude. 
<laughs> it, just, it just wasn't true. And so, uh, you know, and then he, he goes on and he takes credit for things that aren't real, like, you know, creating whatever it was, 6.4 million jobs. I had the number in front of me. But, Corey, you know what the problem with stating that is, right? You already know. <laughs> oh, with oh, with the job thing? With the jobs. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird uh, metric they're going by for one year. <laughs> for a, after the greatest jobs loss since like 1939 or whatever it was, he, right? He wants to yeah, claim exactly. that the 6.4 yeah. million that come back are 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 his. They're not, and they're doing it based on a metric of yeah, after a greatest job loss, and they're doing it on one year of a little bit of a recovery, and they're comparing this one year of this small smidge versus like eight years of other presidencies and all sorts of stuff. Man, it, it cracks me up. <laughs> But yeah, he's yeah he's a he's a clown. They're trying so hard. Like when you go like when you're on uh, you know social media, and you see uh, Occupy Democrats really trying to push those numbers, mm-hmm. and it's just it's absolutely insane to me. The guy is just no, he's a disaster. So here's the nothing burger right here, right? Basically, the president comes out and he exaggerates his accomplishments, which is not not an, an unheard of thing. Donald Trump did that plenty of times, right? It's nothing new. Uh, but here's where he goes out and he actually kind of sounds like Donald Trump. He, he blames Republicans for blocking him at every turn, which is a very Trumpian thing to do, I might add. Uh, yeah. And he, he, he claimed that the, the, the assurance, this one was, blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. You want to go back to Stop the Steal, right? Think about Stop the Steal for just one second. He claimed that the assurance for the American people that the 2022 midterm results are quote-unquote legitimate cannot be guaranteed if voting rights legislation does not pass. So essentially, Joe Biden is already setting the 2022 midterms up to be illegitimate. You say that it was stolen! (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? What a clown, dude. We've made fun of Trump for a year and a half on this now and we've got biden's fear-mongering the same shit dude two wings are the same goddamn bird dude i've been saying that same shit dude biden is the corporatist uh politician of of politics and trump was like the corporatist like i i can't even think of the right wording for it but my god those two are basically the same when it comes to shit like the, the that, only, like I don't get it, man. The it's, only it's, thing, the only thing I would give Trump more credit for is that at least Trump, at least he like tried to pretend, <laughs> you know, to be a, uh, to be in the middle. He tried to pretend believe, to to, he, to act like he was a person of the people. And it's, uh, if we win, then not twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's great. But if we lose, so it's damn Republicans. Completely stolen. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, he isn't doing hashtag stop the steal on uh, Twitter. Wishy washy on things like Ukraine, Russia, China, and and the Afghanistan withdrawal, which is again not that surprising. The thing that shocked me was the already setting up twenty twenty two to be. I, he didn't. He didn't go as far as to say stolen. I think Joe Biden's a little bit. He's he's less brash than Trump in that way. I don't think he'll ever say uh, that it was stolen. Almost like what Hillary did in 2016. Like she never said that it was stolen. It was like it's like let's go, Brandon. We're saying it, but we're not really saying it. Yeah, they tried to blame the the Russians with the steel dossier and stuff like that. Yeah, what a. It was. It was. That was. I was. I don't even have anything else to say. I'm just going to continue to mumble through it. Do you, do you have anything that you want to say 
about Joe Biden's press conference. It's here. My, my biggest point is this: it was this huge nothing burger, and and the you know the left wants to make it out to be like this strong speech. Like the president came out, he he gave the longest speech or uh, uh, um, press conference, I should say, in modern American presidential history, which I think basically goes back to Clinton. How many of those were stutters? Well, that's, I mean, that was, that was going to be my next joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I stole it from you. That's fine. That's fine. Somebody had to say it. And then, and then the right wants to pretend, like Jesse Waters wants to pretend like it was this, this unbelievably horrible, unmitigated disaster when really neither of those things are true. It's just going to be used as, it's why, it's why I don't understand why the president speaks at all, because it just, it just turns into a weaponization for the other side every single time. Yeah. Can you believe what he said? Especially you- with, with Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we move on to the next topic? We have the world right here. The uh, the world needs the media and big tech to keep censoring Joe Rogan, but not for the reasons you think. <laughs> so this one's good. This one's good because uh, I think if you're looking at that headline, you're thinking to my you're thinking um that we think that Joe Rogan needs to be censored. We, we, we don't. We think exactly the opposite. Right. Uh, so <laughs> we've seen over the last, what, week or so, ever since uh, Dr. Robert Malone was on Joe Rogan's podcast, this push for him to be censored by the mainstream media, right? Mm-hmm. So we've tried this before. And here's the thing, if Joe Rogan gets, even if you find a way to get him censored, like, let's just, it's, it's never going to happen. He's, un, he's uncensorable, he's uncancelable, he's got an average of 11 million viewers or listeners or whatever it is on every single episode. Even if you do that, it is going to cause the exact opposite of what you want. It is going to cause more people to want to listen to Joe Rogan, to find Joe Rogan. What do we know about the American people? We know, like being told what to do. They told like being told what to do. Pandemic past two years. If you tell an American that he can't have something, or she, or they, or Zim, or we go to war. We told the king to kick rocks. That's the only thing they want. Did prohibition work? No. Is prohibition against drugs and marijuana worked? No. (laughs) You sounded you sound disappointed. (laughs) No. Well, yeah, it doesn't work. I am not disappointed in the least, but yeah, no prohibition doesn't work. Look at look at uh, even um or even like censoring things and blocking things. Look at the uh, the recent uh, vape thing when they started to block vapes again. <laughs> and that <laughs> smoking was of, of regular cigarettes skyrocketed back up with children. And that was one of the biggest issues I had with our own governor here, Governor Whitmer, which is that she wanted to block vapes, and then of course COVID hit, and she stopped caring about that. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah, that might have saved her politically because that would have been a really shitty thing to try to do when your voter base that got you in is young people vaping, all these hipsters out there, and they're not going to like that too much. So what are the issues that the uh, corporate media had with Dr. Robert Malone being on Joe Rogan's podcast? Uh, I just don't think they liked him on the show because (laughs) it went against their narrative. Right, it's narratives. N- narratives over facts is 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 really what it is. And look, here's the thing: 
when people talk about Dr. Robert Malone and they, they want to discredit him, that's what it really boy that's what it really comes down to, right? Like that's the thing that uh um the mainstream media and and big tech seem to care about more, which is the uh this the censorship of the narrative. What the man says or what the man feels or what the man thinks or what research he's done or what patents he has, which was like nine and they even try to discredit that. Oh, his his uh, his patents lapsed. Okay, but he still had them, right? With mRNA yeah. technology, and they 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 missed the facts of him, you know, talking about the psychological issues with COVID lockdowns or with shutting down schools or forcing kids to wear masks in school. They 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 leave those things out. Because it doesn't fit their narrative of Dr. Malone being an anti-vaxxer, which he's not. He just, like a lot of other people, wants to give the vaccines where it makes sense. Right. Like so many of so many of the rest of us want to do. Yeah, he's just against mandates. That's basically it. He talks about but then he talks about uh Yeah, because like that's really the only thing was he was against mandates. He never said the vaccine didn't work. He talked about how it's a leaky, a leaky vaccine. You can still get it and you can still pass it. You can still transmit it and all of that, even if you're vaccinated. But yeah, it helps. And he says that as evidenced by the fact that he's like, we should be giving it to old people and vulnerable people and things like that. And so what's interesting is, so one of our biggest listeners, Kevin sent me a link, uh, for that one Dr. Watson that was breaking down all the different things about what Dr. Uh, Malone said and what, Oh man, I should have wrote this stuff down. He was trying <laughs> <The screenshot laughs> I, I didn't see the video until a week ago. I'm trying to think of all the stuff point by point that he was saying that uh, Dr. Robert Malone that said was wrong. But uh, the reason, but what the reason why I even thought it was worth bringing up is the fact that this guy, uh, let me see if I can find the link. But yeah, this so this guy basically went point by point and uh, debunked some of the things that Dr. Robert Malone said. But it was kind of... Oh, you're talking about our buddy from Debunk the Funk. Yeah. Yeah, I was just bringing that guy up, the, who was the one that, like that video that I shared with you that we both watched, that he was debunking it. And he was... Oh man, I'm drawing a blank now. I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank on the stuff that uh, he said about it. But the reason why I even listened to it and I actually appreciated what he said was the most what the thing he said in the end was we need to have conversations like this to uh, and have them be vocal to negate conversations like Dr. Robert Malone had. He didn't mention anything about censorship. He didn't mention advocating vaccine mandates he kind of was on the same page with dr robert malone in a way where he's like yeah the vaccines are important they help people they keep people from getting virtually ill and he didn't mention censoring uh uh, joe rogan he mentioned that we need to have conversations that combat these type of conversations and that's all that we're really asking for yeah and he's not the only one right there are there are a lot of people out there that that think You know, even if you think Dr. Malone is a hack, and look, I don't really know. Um, I know I've listened to him speak a bunch of times. He probably yeah, has, he is kind of NWO ish. Yeah, know, he probably Illuminati has type stuff. He's been on his own wars. agenda. 
Yeah, he probably has his own agenda and, and, and all that stuff. But like, I, I still want to know what he has to say. And, and a lot of people that, that even disagree with him, the, even they say, like, I would really rather know what the narrative is and I would really rather know what he's saying than have him just be completely pulled off and have it go underground onto, you know, Getter or whatever the hell the other uh, platforms are now. Right. Because like I said, I think it was the last episode when someone else is making the decision of what I get to hear and what I don't get to hear. You're basically saying that I'm too stupid to make that decision for myself 100%. and make up my own mind. You have to be told what you can hear. Um. DesVTW right here says, what is libservative? It's a picture of, it's a picture of Joe. Pretty picture of our president right there. You want to, you want to tell him what is libservative? Libservative is a, libservative is a, uh, a, a made up conjunction of liberal and conservative. We're here to talk. We're we're here here to to talk about, we're calling balls and strikes in a hyper-partisan, uh, environment. I guess I could go back and put up the original banner. Yeah, there you go. go. Make it think it's sexy again. Stop letting the corporatists and the group think dominate your mind. Would that not be a centrist? Uh, I, I guess not. Well, not really. It's just, you know, because like we both, me and Dan don't have the same exact political leanings. Even if it is, we, centrist is a really shitty name for a podcast. <laughs> 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 I feel I feel like libservative might catch the eye a little bit better than... Uh, than uh, the, cent- right. the centrist podcast. Here we are. <laughs> centrist is a shitty name for a podcast. I like that answer, Dan. All uh, right. Uh, what's next? We got. Oh, okay. Oh, we still need to talk what? about. Uh, we still need to talk about the, uh, the 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 attempted cancellation of of Joe Rogan here because. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. One of the things that uh, comes up a lot that you see is in, in the mainstream media or the uh, uh, corporate media, as we should probably start calling it uh, is statistics, right? So one, one big one is that those that are unvaccinated are 89% more likely to be hospitalized with COVID-19, but what they never give you is the raw numbers. So what they never tell you is that both of those numbers are actually under 1%. So what are we arguing about? So if right. something is zero point one percent likely to happen, and the, and another thing is zero is uh, I'm sorry zero point zero one percent likely of happening, and the other is a zero point eight nine percent likely of happening, it's eighty nine times more likely, eighty nine times more likely. You could put it that way that 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 thing would happen, but they're still both under one percent, and eighty nine times is a hell of a lot more than eighty nine percent. So raw numbers, I think that's what we need to see more. And when it comes to Joe, Joe Rogan having people on his podcast, what I don't, I don't ever hear dishonesty from these people. They could be wrong, you know what I'm saying? Like they could be wrong about what they're about what they believe and what they're actually saying. But I don't ever feel like they're openly being uh, misrepresentative of of numbers or their or their actual feelings. But I think Corey, you will see that a lot more from corporate media outlets. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they don't lie, they're very, very, very misleading. 89%. Yeah. Numbers, numbers are a fickle thing, man, because like, it's real easy to portray a certain narrative with numbers, you know, like when it comes to things like, 
in any situation. Like I've used this example before. It's uh, like you could say 90% of black people are killed by black people. And it's like, whoa, that makes them sound violent. Yeah. But then you in the same breath, you like without the context of that, 80% of white people are killed by white people. And it's like, oh, it's almost like the culture that you're surrounded with is where the danger is. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? But like, you can easily use numbers to manipulate things to make it sound really, really bad. You know, like if you say there's a 50% increase in this, it's like, holy shit. But it's like, if that number is one. Yeah. What's the raw number? What's the raw number yeah. or less than one yeah. really is, is what we're, you actually, you pulled up an article from, uh, from Utah, Corey, you, you want to talk about misleading. Oh, okay. When it comes to yeah. mainstream media. And now bear with me. You got to find because, it. Because no, cause I'm probably just going to read some of it. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and make fun of some stuff. <laughs> uh, I'll share the article on the live screen here. It's um, like when I was reading this article at first, like when I saw this article. So the reason why I looked this article up first is so I'll, I'll actually give the backstory. Um, so places like New York, uh, Massachusetts and states like that, they are starting to now report COVID cases for incidental COVID and primary COVID. Now, what those two are is incidental COVID is like somebody going to the hospital for, let's say, a broken arm, a car accident, low blood sugar from diabetes, any, th- any sort of thing that you would be going to the ER for. And then they, because of like, the current regulations and the current like rules, they have to be tested when they go, right? And so they go and they get tested for going for something like a broken arm or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you have COVID. Well, those numbers were originally being reported with the people that were going to the hospital for COVID. So now there are states like Massachusetts who are reporting the the two different things. And then in Massachusetts, one week later, uh, yeah, just one week later, <laughs> they found out half of the reportings in Massachusetts regarding hospitalizations were incidental hospitalizations so there were people there for other things but they were there with covid so the reason why this data is so important is because we're getting more stringent data Mm -hmm. of what exactly is happening it's going to show us trends for hospital beds it's going to show us things like that because you know in a lot of states you know like right now we go back to the numbers like we were just talking about they're like 85 percent occupancy in icus 90 percent it's like yeah but a lot of hospitals are running at 85 75 65 before COVID. And what's so cool about this is, you know, tr- trying to find the uh, the good in everything is that uh, COVID, COVID is going to be, there's going to be more data collected on this respiratory virus than probably any disease in the history of mankind. Yeah, this is going to be great for data and science. And I think that people still should get tested. But I think what we need to do is create like a seven panel test, you know, it tests you for COVID the flu, RSV, you know, all the different little flus, like all like SARS, just everything, all the different little respiratory tracts and things you can get. Let's get data for all of that because I bet you there's a ton of people walking around with the cold that's asymptomatic. People are walking around with the flu that's asymptomatic. We don't know that because this data has never been found. But with this mass testing of this one disease, let's get some data for some other stuff. So... <clears throat> Going back to this article. The Salt Lake Tribune. The Salt Lake Tribune. What a great so, publication that is. 
with misleading headlines. Okay, I'm going to read you this article and just wait for the turn. <laughs> so, it's, a, it's a really interesting turn. Not so mild. Hospitalizations exploding among Utah infants, children with COVID-19's Omicron stain. Uh, that poor kid. That kid's probably... Not feeling good. That's yeah, that's sad. like that's like putting the baby fetus on the cigarette packs right there. Yeah. So I sorry, mommy. Mommy hugs. I scared. I don't like it, mommy. Those are the last three last words. Three year old Justin Lee Francis spoke to his mother, Yvonne, before she he was sedated and put on a ventilator at Primary Children's Hospital last week when he was diagnosed with COVID nineteen, asthma, pneumonia, and other illnesses. Those words are burned in my memory, Yvonne Francis said Thursday from the hospital, where Justin Lee is still on a ventilator, still sedated and slowly recovering after <laughs> after nearly a week in the intensive care unit. He was really scared. So in the very beginning, those were the last words three-year-old Justin Lee <laughs> spoke to his mother before putting sedated. They make it seem like he died, right? Yep, it sure does. And then, so Justin Lee is one of nearly 140 Utah children under age 15 who have been hospitalized with COVID-19 in the past two weeks as the number of serious infections explodes, especially among infants and kids younger than five. For very young children, one pediatric specialist said, the Omicron variant may not be so much milder than previous strains of the virus. So this right here is a red flag for me too. If you read books like Hate Inc. and uh, Manufacturing Consent, when it's just something that's just one pediatric specialist said, but there's no name. That's something to kind of put a red flag to. Yeah. But then they act, but then there is a reason to think that Omicron acts differently in younger children, said Dr. Andrew Pavaya, a pediatric infectious, infectious disease specialist with Primary Children's Hospital. So she actually got someone to talk about it. Utahns of all age groups under 45 are being hospitalized with COVID-19 at record high rates, according to data released this week by the Utah Department of Health. But hospitalizations have risen more sharply for infants more than any other age group in Utah. Not only that, infants are now being hospitalized with COVID-19 at a higher rate per capita than any other age group in Utah, except those 65 and older. We are seeing a shift in towards more disease in younger children that probably has to do with the changes in the virus, Pavia said. More than 50 children less than one year old were reported as, reported as hospitalized with COVID-19 in the past two weeks according to state data released Thursday in Salt Lake County alone. 15 children under five were hospitalized last week, more than double any other week of the pandemic. Corey, the word that stuck out to me in the two sentences you just read was with. Not yeah. from, but with. Now, look, if, if it comes out that like Omicron is severely affecting children, obviously I will take back what I'm, what I'm saying right now. However, we just don't know that yet, and I don't think... I don't think we're going to know that. I don't think that's data that that anybody wants us or anybody else to know. I hope we do. And if that's the case, okay, well then let's take a let's take a step back and and figure out how to how to fix that. Is it masking? Is it vaccines? Is it, you know, whatever it is. But I saw with not from. Right. And we'll get onto that. Uh like right here it shows this article like they they kept using this number 26% uh, after a 26% increase, or since the Omicron variant became dominant in Utah, COVID-19 hospitalizations have risen much faster for instance than the other age group, 26%. Now that's a whole quarter, but when that's 231, that's only 60, which me sounding, saying that sounds insensitive, mm -hmm. but when you keep reading this article, which I'm going to keep doing, you'll see why it's like I'm kind of just scoffing at this whole article. 
And by the end of last week, Primary Children's Hospital was caring for a record of 22 for a record 22 patients with coronavirus. During the pandemic's previous surges, Pavia said the hospital seldom surpassed a dozen patients with coronavirus. Now we all know Omicron is way more infectious. So there's way more people with it. Mm-hmm. So for a fact that we're talking about this ridiculous increase in cases, this number only went up by 10. Of all Utah infants hospitalized for the coronavirus, 26% have been reported since December 30th, about a week after Omicron became the state's dominant variant of the coronavirus. That compares to 14% of hospitalizations of kids 1 to 14, 12% for ages 15 to 24, and less than 10% for other groups. The Utah data parallels data from other states showing an increased proportion of all pediatric hospitalizations are among children 0 to 1 and 1 to 4 during the Omicron era, Pava said this week. The incidence rates of hospitalizations in this age group is also much higher than in the earlier waves. Mm. So if you remember what I was just saying, incidence rate, mm-hmm. that means that these kids are going to the hospital and then they're have, they have COVID. Mm-hmm. They didn't go there for COVID. Right. And we don't know the difference. Since the Omicron variant took over, the rate of hospitalizations per case has declined slightly for Utah infants as it has for other age groups. Now, that's a f- way different uh, sentence than right up here. Where was it when they said that it's exploding? Mm-hmm. It's exploding for children. Yeah, positive tests. I'm sure they are. I'm sure positive tests are exploding for children as they are with, with everybody else. Yeah. And but it's as the- with all age groups, the benefit of the Omicron variant's relative mildness is more than overwhelmed by the sheer number of cases. So now she's actually getting into real stuff. Of stuff that like we talk about, right? But it's what it what it kills me with this article is the sensualization of just making it seem just so terrible, just not so mild. But like in the whole article, it talks about how it's more mild. <laughs> and right at the beginning, they make you think the kid died. No, look, yeah, it sucks. It it sucks that that kid was in the hospital for yeah, whatever he had. You know, but come on, and stop, my stop, kid. Stop using stop using a child's uh uh hospital experience and what sounds like near death to push your fucking narrative knock it off right yeah like there's a real narrative push here because like for example like uh my kid was five months old when when uh code first came and we took him to the doctors because he was sick his blood oxygen level was 89 Mm -hmm. we almost had to take him to the er for covid not with covid right and, you know, and they gave him a nebulizer and thank God, thank God that brought his uh, blood oxygen level up. We didn't have to go to the hospital. But uh, so right here is overwhelmed by the sheer number of cases. And for infants, the hospitalization rate per positive test has declined less than it has for other age groups. And it doesn't simply appear to be a result of vaccines being unavailable to children under five. The Omicron variant attacks the upper airwaves more than the lungs and the younger children have smaller airways, Pavia explained. Many infants and young kids being admitted in recent weeks have had a barking croup-like cough. This is pretty miserable, Pavia said at a news conference last Friday. If your child has it, they struggle to breathe and they have a lot of secretions that they need oxygen. Yeah, like my son did. Pavia noted that <clears throat> those patients once admitted to the hospital generally are faring better than hospitalized children did with previous variants of the coronavirus. So per capita, the decline for these children going to the hospital is already less, as stated by this very article that makes it seem like this is terrible. And then on top of that, the kids are faring better once they're getting care. 
from the hospital. But Pavia stressed that children hospitalized with COVID are seriously ill, and nearly all of them are seriously ill because of COVID. Incidental hospitalizations, where a child appears to test positive for COVID-19 when they visit the hospital for an unrelated injury or illness, are relatively uncommon situations. In fact, he said, incidental hospitalizations of infants actually appear to be rarer than with the Omicron variant than they were previously. So with children, it does appear that the incidental thing isn't the same as like what we were talking about with Massachusetts, who just reported half of theirs are with COVID, not for COVID. Right. In the children of zero to one who are being found with to have COVID, for most part in the past, they didn't have a lot of symptoms. He said with Omicron, they are often coming up in with breathing difficulties. Even among slightly older children, Pevia said, there's much, what's much more common is that somebody comes in with the disease that's been exasperated by COVID, which is another uh, talking point you hear a lot is comorbidities, it's right? Comorbidities, yeah, right. Even uh, for example, he said a child may technically be admitted for worsening asthma, but it's worse because they have COVID. And here's and so the thing I get too. That. I get and here's the, the thing uh, too because I I had it. Um, when it not not COVID. Well, I might have. I don't know yet. Um, but I I I had childhood asthma, and I can tell you straight up that like whenever I got a respiratory infection, it was way worse than it was for most other people. Uh, at least, oh, at least, here. at least as a kid, you know, I couldn't breathe. Uh, I eventually grew out of that asthma and it's never come back. Thank God. But I, I, you know, asthma is a comorbidity. Is it not? Are you allowed to say that? I think asthma is a comorbidity. I remember being a kid and getting sick and having like serious respiratory issues. Cause I had childhood asthma as well. I remember every spring I would cough so hard. I would puke. Um, so then now it just goes into talking about, uh, yeah, oh, like right here, a record 756 patients were hospitalized with COVID-19 as of Thursday. Intensive care units at Utah's larger referral hospitals were 93% full above the 85% threshold that hospital administrators have said is necessary to leave room for unpredictable staffing levels. Now, like what, so what kills me about this is this, uh, author probably of this good article. With that. <laughs> What'd you say? I think we're probably good with that. Uh, yeah yeah what kills me about this author though is like she's like getting two actual facts things that are like objectively true right but the subjective narrative that's around this is just just too much that's it's like, just too much it's like, like it, it makes thing. it seem like omicron is just murdering children yep so i'm looking for the thing because in this article it talks about uh he had like this poor kid had a bunch of other oh yeah he uh Justin Lee was transferred to primary children's where doctors added COVID-19, rhinovirus, adenovirus, and pneumonia in, to his initial diagnosis of asthma. So the poor kid was in a lot of pain. Like he had a lot of stuff going on, but it wasn't just COVID. Right. And granted, yes, COVID might be putting, or not might, I'm not going to say that word, R is putting children in hospitals. But it's articles like this that got people locking themselves in their house freaking out about this stuff because they see the title and they don't read it and you got to go through three freaking pages paragraphs before you get <laughs> to the real data of what they're talking about to where it's like oh well and not enough people do this that. very article is telling me that numbers are going down for children that have it and it's not as as it's more mild for them and it's like for kids five and under the omicron variant is not so mild one pediatric expert says not so, so mild hospitalizations exploding among Utah infants. So again, it's it's it, these 
these mainstream publications or these these corporatized publications, it's not necessarily that they lie, and sometimes they do, uh, but it, it's, they just they mislead you with headlines and they mislead you with the first like the first sentence of that fucking article, which was the last words he said to his mother. Uh, turns out the kid survived. But that's not right, what yeah, it sounds later, like when like, you yeah, read it. Like, yeah, he's expected to have a full recovery. He's doing better. Yeah, great. Like, Happy for him. That's what kills me is like the article is objectively true, but like the narrative behind this one is just straight fear mongering. And that's the thing. That That's the thing that I don't think enough people understand. And you can say this when it comes to Joe Rogan and his guests, or you can say this when it comes to the New York Times. It, it, it is really easy to take objective truth and still put a fucking bent on it. Like, it, I don't understand why that's so difficult to understand. I don't understand. Well, Get through it. Died. Read the thing. Read the thing. And, like, like really read the thing. Take it, Set your emotions aside for a second and just fucking read it. What does it actually say? Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's it, like, when I saw that. I was like, because like we've been following this, and so we know that the Omicron is more mild. We know all of this, and then I saw this article, and I'm like, wait, no, that can't be right. So I had to read it, and when I was reading it, I was just getting angry, or not. I don't want to say I was getting angry, like punch a wall angry or anything, but I was like, my God, I'm like, you made the, you made me think that this kid died. Like I was like, holy yeah. shit! Like I immediately felt terrible. You know, I think about my kid who's two. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't even imagine. And it's yeah, it's just, and then then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, he's fine. It's like you, you motherfucker. So, so yeah, he went through some shit, but he's fine. <laughs> he's, uh, I'm glad he's all right, honestly. And I and I'm really really fucking disappointed with whatever that was, the Salt Lake City Tribune, uh, using that uh, that that poor little boy's health status as a way to push a narrative. Like that's that's that just disgusts me. And that and what's weird is like that's what, um, that's what people accuse. Dr. Malone of doing when he goes on podcasts like Joe Rogan or Brett Weinstein or, or 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 whomever. Like he's using children, but in all reality, he's, you know, giving his opinions. And you have to listen to a three-hour podcast episode of Joe Rogan to really understand what's being talked about there. And nobody, nobody here's the thing is like nobody who doesn't like Joe Rogan is going to listen to a full episode. Like you know that's true, right? Right, they're gonna listen to it and go. Ugh, never mind. Yeah, they're gonna listen to ten minutes of it. They're gonna hear. They're, they're gonna pick and choose what they want. They're gonna throw it out there. But here's the thing: I've never heard a blatant, outright, intentional lie from Joe Rogan. From Joe Rogan himself, for sure. And I don't think I've heard many from his from his guests. Now, his guests well, have they, been wrong. Yeah, his guests have been wrong. But I I don't think I've. I haven't heard many of his guests, even the more political ones. He's also been proven wrong who's, on his who's, show, and he admitted it. Oh, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah, the, mito- the mitochonditis. Uh, Myocarditis, the, yeah. Mito- yeah, mitochonditis. I, I don't know how to say that goddamn word. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just recently on one of his episodes, he was saying that the- Yeah, the guy from Australia. The, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, I'll find it. The kids with vaccines are getting have higher cases of mitochonditis. <laughs> Mitochonditis. <laughs> then uh kids without the vaccine and, the, and it's flipped studies there show it's the opposite that kids have a higher chance of getting mitochonditis 
I need to see the word in front of me. Slow down. Slow down, Corey. Slow down. Myochonditis. Follow my follow my lips. My myo myocarditis. Is that what it is? You sure? Yes. It's not mitochonditis. It's not the Midas touch. (laughs) Myocarditis. Myocarditis. Yes. Anonymity. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Good for you. Anonymity. That is a tough word, though. Yeah, words are tough. I've always struggled with president. I have to like slow it down when I say it. Otherwise, it sounds like president. 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 You say breakfast. Josh Zepps, by the way, is the uh, the the, okay. the gentleman from Australia that he had on recently. And then, like, that's the thing is like Josh Zepps is the kind of guy who's likes vaccines, and he was kind of defending what they're doing in Australia with these, uh, you know, basically putting people in internment camps and. You know, people piss and moan about Joe Rogan, and they they just leave out the fact that he had Sanjay Gupta on his show, and they leave out the fact that he's had guys like Bernie Sanders on his show. Like, right? Get like the fuck out of here! He has people all over on him, you know. And it's uh, God yeah, bless like Joe Rogan. The left wasn't trying to censor him when he said he was going to vote for Bernie Sanders. Nope, nope. They weren't upset when uh, when when uh, Sanjay Gupta came on his show. And by the way, Joe did a pretty good job of of schooling Sanjay Gupta, at least. When it came to the fact that CNN lied about him, when it came to ivermectin, yeah, he held him the task on that. He's like, dude, yeah, and that's the thing is like, whether or not ivermectin actually treats COVID in that context is completely irrelevant. You lied. You called it a fucking horse dewormer. You're you're you lied. You lied. Right. We we can we can debate whether or not it works for COVID, and we can go over data and randomized controlled trials and all that stuff. And there's hopefully there's more of that stuff to come. But don't fucking sit there and say that he like he he's a horse paced Joe Rogan like he's just that's a lie that's an outright lie. Yeah. All right. Red pill, blue pill. Uh yeah well we ha- yeah we have uh, China's going nuclear. That's yeah, our positive news. Let's save that for the end of the show. Okay. Let's save positive positivity. Let's end on a let's end on a positive note. Oh uh, no, this one isn't a ticker. That's all right. Here. Throw it up there. It's okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it. Do you only get so many? Do you only get this so many a, tickers? This is a professional operation. I hope I spelled, no, I changed it. I hope I spelled Roosevelt right. I think I did. <laughs> I think it would have told me if I didn't. Uh, so look, red pill versus blue pill. A statue of Teddy Roosevelt was removed in the middle of the night. Um, I had it in front of me. It was from the Natural History Museum in New York, I believe. One of one of those museums. Um. And the red pill is, Democrats are trying to destroy America and kill our history. They're trying to disappear our history. The blue pill is, the statue is racist and it needs to not be seen in the public eye. (laughs) Emphasize that. Did I I sound like a conservative and a liberal at the same time? like you're gritting through your teeth. One of, one of our commenters has already accused me of being a libtard tonight, so who cares? I know, I saw that. He's, <laughs> he says, you're on my show real quick, look. <laughs> okay, bye, Felicia. Uh, we don't Dan. Need you. We don't need you, bro. I don't even know what that was about. He just didn't like you, I guess. I guess not. That's all right. I don't expect everybody <laughs> to like me. In fact, I expect most people not to like me. Just glad you I listened. I seeing him just go off when you were talking in the comments. <laughs> he just like, damn, you let Corey talk? Let Corey talk. <laughs> that guy was funny. Uh, anyway. Red pill versus blue pill. Democrats are trying to destroy America by removing a Teddy Roosevelt statue, or the blue pill is the statue is racist and needs to not be seen in the public eye. Corey, do you want to go first or do you want me to go? Which pill are you swallowing? 
I think because like I don't fall into either of those categories, I think I'm gonna take the bullet on this one. Oh, it's the twenty first. For those, 21st. For those who, gonna, yeah, just, for those for those who are new to the show, I'll explain it real quick. We when we play our red pill blue pill game, you either have to swallow one of the pills or you one once a month. Once a month, we are allowed to that just held up two fingers like an asshole. Uh, once a month. We are allowed to uh, take the bullet and not choose either one. Corey's taking his bullet here on January 21st. I think we've got one more episode, so I'm going to have to come up with a good one for you next week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, because you know what? Like The statue is literally outside, and if you look at the statue, I don't know if you have a picture of it. Uh, uh, it does. It's here somewhere. It definitely it. looks like the image of it. Definitely like... I don't know exactly what they're going for here. Like, why is he leading a black man and a Native American and they're both shirtless? It's like, this was made in 1920s. It wasn't even made during, like, a time when black people weren't allowed to own, wear clothes because they were owned by other people. Uh, and he's just, yeah, it looks like he's, like, leading these people on. Like, I'm not exactly, like, maybe they were trying to say that he's for all people. I don't know what the intentions are behind this exactly. Teddy Roosevelt's got his sleeves rolled up. Look at him. He's got, he's ready to go riding around on his horse. So regal, man. Like his, his, legs, his legs are completely straight in the stirrups. Yeah. He's, he's galloping and they're just standing. I don't know why he's, <laughs> I don't know where he's going. <laughs> just, he's just like, he looks like he's in full trot and the other two are just standing there. Like, it, like so that doesn't even make any sense to me. The physics are way off, <laughs> uh, but like it's in front of a museum. So the reason why I'm taking the the, uh, the bullet is because it's like, okay, instead of just going and putting this in a storage unit or whatever, let's move that inside, <laughs> put a plaque on it, explain the intention, put it in the right light of history, and then explain how far we've come that like, even if this was a good intention in 1920, this still is definitely in a bad light for people of minorities or like for the, for the minorities in this photo. And so let's put it inside that very museum that it's in front of and put the proper context around it. And look how far we've come. So here's the thing. I'm going to swallow the blue pill on this one. Do I get a, but yeah, do I get any bonus points if I don't take a bullet in a month? You get to take two bullets. I mean, I was just called a libtard earlier by one of our viewers, so I'm going to take... I was just going to say, you freaking (laughs) libtard taking the blue pill. Of course you would. I'm going to swallow the blue pill on this one for a couple of different reasons. One, I look at this statue, like, just objectively. I didn't know anything about this statue until I found out that it had been removed from the Natural History Museum or American Museum of Natural History, that's what it's called, uh, in New York. Is the museum that they did the movie night at the museum about? I think it might be. So we're going to... You're gonna, telling me they're getting rid of Robin yeah, Williams? Yeah, you got to cancel that movie too, dude. Sorry, gone. They're, they're canceling Robin Williams? Yeah. Nobody that's nobody that's is it. beyond cancellation except Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan is a god. You don't know this, Corey Walsh? Well, I don't know if Robin Williams canceled himself, so... <laughs> too soon? <laughs> no, it's been years. Cut me some slack, Jack. Like, <laughs> come on, fat. Dude, that is a Biden joke right there. We're not going to call him dad jokes anymore. We're going to call him Biden jokes. <laughs> Just uncouth, terrible time jokes, <laughs> thinking he's slick. It's like, learn how to read a room. <laughs> anyway, I'm swallowing the blue pill here for a couple of reasons. One, dude, I am so tired of of, of the right like and their love for statues. Like you, like I'm just I'm just so sick of hearing about 
the the right complaining about statues that they've never seen before and really don't care about. Like people in Arkansas bitching about a statue in New York that they're never gonna go see they, because like New if, York is like, communist. Like if it wasn't for Twitter, they would have never even known that the fucking statue was removed. But, but, <laughs> but the, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's funny. But the other the other reason is I look at this statue and I'm sorry, like objectively, it just appears racist to me. It just does. All I see is a yeah, white. That's man. what I'm saying. Like when I look at it, it's like uh, like it does. I don't understand what the like. Well, like, yeah, like, uh, when you look at it, especially from the image that we're at now, it looks like <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt is for all the people. But it's like, and then you look at them. It's but like, he's also the, the white guy. guy he's also the white guy up on his high horse. Right. <laughs> below. And it's like, With why the... is the black guy shirtless? Yeah, that's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Right. Like, why is everyone shirtless but Roosevelt? It's like. The connotation, there's just negative connotations all around it, so I get it. Yeah, it's like uh, th- th- these people are lesser than me. Like that's 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 what I that's what I view of it. And here's but here's the other thing, right? It's like follow me. I'm the white knight. I know the way. People on the right, yeah, exactly. People on the right want to act like this is about TR. Like this is not, not about. about it's not about TR. It's about the two gentlemen flanking his left and right. Like if this was just a statue of Teddy Roosevelt on a horse, like literally just, you know, take the yeah, two guys on the side move, away. Like why couldn't we move the two? I think it's all I think it's all bronze part of the same statue. Uh, I think that's the I, issue. Alex Calhoun's got a welder. Ah, uh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, he could have helped out. But he wouldn't have been wearing any Carhartt stuff. He wouldn't have. Yeah. That would have I wonder if TR was wearing Carhartt. Was Carhartt around when TR was uh Actually, I think so. Riding his horse around. I think Carhartt was like came out in like the early, the late eighteen hundreds. Well, there you go. That's why they took it down. Teddy Roosevelt's wearing Carhartt. They had to they had, a, they had a boycott Carhartt. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even about the Native American and the black man. No, it's about the Carhartt. What they what he, what what Alex Calhoun doesn't realize is that uh, this this statue was taken down because Teddy Roosevelt's wearing Carhartt. Bye. <laughs> yeah, we're canceling Carhartt. <laughs> Uh, I just don't give a shit about statues. I'm so sick of arguing about statues. And especially, I would be a little upset if they just decided we're going to take down a a statue of Teddy Roosevelt. I would be upset. And when I saw the headline, I was like, what? That's, that doesn't seem right. This seems, is this, this is going to be super woke. Then I saw the statue and I was like, oh, (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like I remember when you showed me, I was like, oof, (laughs) ooh. Guys, come on. Looks pretty objective. Like, like, you know, someone had to draw that out. There had to be plans. There had to be something put together. And then it had to be approved. And someone drew this and went, yes, yeah, it's, it's a good idea. It's a really then good they idea. handed to someone else and that person went, mm, yes, yes, this is a good idea. And it's just like, guys, you really blew it on this one. <laughs> All right. I got one for you. Ted Cruz? Oh, yeah, let's let's give Ted Cruz let's give Ted Cruz some props here. Yeah, you got the video, right? Just go ahead and go yep. ahead and roll that bad boy. Yeah, let me share this. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Hmm. You remember those old uh, Bush Beans commercials? Oh, I do actually. Bush Beans sound pretty good right now. My girlfriend would probably disagree. All right, so this video right here, I'm gonna let the video just speak for itself. Going from TR to TC here. From TR to TC, so. If you remember, this is regards to January 6th. 
Yeah. And, you know, you hear a lot of talk. We've talked about on the show before how the FBI, but that one weird, in the, I forget what episode it was, we were talking about how FBI informants are getting paid millions and millions of dollars by the FBI to basically kick up trouble and try to get information and stuff like that. So there's a lot of rumblings about there being actual FBI informants at January 6th. There's this guy named Ray Epps who was seen on camera saying, we need to go inside the Capitol and trying to push everyone a lot to of the point where a lot this. of these... Yeah, you've probably seen it. And then you see a lot of people yelling, Fed, Fed, he's a Fed, right? And so here is, uh, what's her name? Jill Sandburn being questioned by Ted Cruz regarding January 6th. Now, she's the assistant FBI director. To the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? He looks like Sir, a cartoon villain. I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Ms. Sadburn, who is Ray Epps? (laughs) (laughs) I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. Well... There are a lot well, of people who are understandably very concerned, concerned about Mr. Epps. On the night of January 5th, 2021, Epps wandered around the crowd that had gathered. And there's video out there of him chanting, tomorrow, we need to get into the Capitol, into the Capitol. This was strange behavior, so strange that the crowd began chanting, fed, 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 fed. Miss <laughs> Sandburn, was Ray Epps a fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. The next day, the next day, on January 6th, Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person, and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades? Sir, Similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that. Shortly thereafter, the FBI put out a public post listing, seeking information on individuals connected with violent crimes on January 6th. Among those individuals in the bottom there is Mr. Epps. The FBI publicly asked for information, identifying, offering cash rewards leading to information, leading for information leading to the arrest. This was posted and then sometime later, Magically, Mr. Epps disappeared from the public posting. According to public records, Mr. Epps has not been charged with anything. No one's explained why a person videoed urging people to go to the Capitol, a person whose conduct was so suspect the crowd believed he was a Fed, would magically disappear from the list of people the FBI was looking at. Ms. Sanborn, a lot of Americans are concerned that the federal government deliberately encouraged illegal and violent conduct on January 6th. My question to you, and this is this is not an ordinary law enforcement question, 
This is a question of a public accountability. Did federal agents or those in service of federal agent actively encourage violent and criminal conduct on January 6th? Not to my knowledge, sir. Just say no. Like, right. Why can't you say no? Why can, why can, why can you, you not no? answer no and to that question? Right. Sir, I can't answer that. Sir, I can't answer that. Not to my and knowledge. The only thing that solidifies this inclination that we think that there were feds there is the fact that right now in Michigan, there were FBI informants involved in the whole kidnapping idea for our own governor, Governor Whitmer, to the point that the defense, that the, that the people that are being uh, alleged of a crime are claiming entrapment <laughs> by the FBI. Now I got two. Th- before we really unpack this stuff, I got two things to say. First off, how much do you think that guy gets paid to move around, shuffle around those poster boards on the Eagle? <laughs> I don't know, man. He's got a government job. He probably gets paid way too much. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, secondly, God, it, it, God, I fucking hate Ted Cruz. Oh but yeah. God damn, did he bring the fucking heat and ask the right questions there, dude? He does and that. Made her squirm in her seat. He's he's still a lawyer, you know what I mean? Like he's not, uh, he's not, he's not a, he's not an idiot. He knows what right, he's, he's doing. He's just a grifter, yeah. You know, and and and, and you know, he's a, and he's a good politician. And by being a good, and by being a good politician, I mean like he pisses off a lot of people, including you and I. Yeah, but he gets enough. But votes. he has a, he has his base. Yeah, he even survived Trump. He did survive. That says Trump. a lot. Yeah. And uh, that's funny, actually. I was thinking about that the other day, and I think they mentioned it on uh, what's it called? Um, uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was Breaking Points. And they're talking about how Trump is because he's been silenced on Twitter. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are forgetting just like the the scrutinizing headache he gave everyone every day. That 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 whole like pain is like kind of subsiding, and they're doing Trump a favor by censoring him. We should have mentioned this actually with the Joe Rogan thing. Yeah. By censoring Trump, you're making him not be this incessant voice that's constantly just bickering and like whining on on Twitter. People are forgetting that about that. Coupled with a not a great recovery under Biden, yeah, people might people are probably like, oh, why was Trump so bad? And uh, Arch Linux too on uh, Twitch brings up a pretty good point. He says, uh, or she, I don't know. Am I allowed to say genders anymore? Uh, I would guess uh, it's probably some policy of theirs where they're not allowed to speak on certain things. And look, that's a great point, but it it, it leads you to think like, why are you even questioning this woman at, at this point? Other than for unless it's it's strictly for political reasons. So that's not really a way I had actually thought about it. But could this just be a dig from people like? like Ted Cruz and his ilk and the establishment Republicans to kind of play gotcha with the FBI. That's that, that question or that, that statement uh, from Arch Linux too actually just brought that idea to my head. Your response, Corey Walsh. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I guess so, but it's like, you've seen other interviews and you've seen other uh, examinations by like the Senate and stuff like that. And if the answer is no, it's no. Correct. The only reason that yeah. she wouldn't, she can't say no, is because it's not a definitive answer, or there's strings attached to it that have some sort of classified information. 
If it was no, it was no. Why would the FBI deliberately be putting egg on their face? And and, and the the last question of all of them would be the one where I was like, you know, you 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 could have just said no. Yeah. You know, and like <laughs> Yeah, like see, uh, he's like you see Cory Booker and AOC do the same type of things. He's yeah, absolutely right. Like absolutely and right. He is right, and it's uh, it's um, but like if the answer to the person is no, then you say no. <laughs> if it's an obvious no, yeah, it seems like it should be, but you know what I mean. Like we're never it's, gonna get there. Like what was her like uh, like what was she basically? What was the uh, the comment is like I can't I can't answer that. Why can't you answer it? Like, why would you make more questions? No, she said, "Not to my knowledge." That was that was yeah. her, that was the last answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last one was not to my knowledge. All the other ones were, "I can't answer that." Yeah. So, complete, so why can't you answer it? Completely pointless. Unless there was some sort of classified information stigs into it. And now, why was Ray Epps removed from the FBI's most wanted list? And he wasn't arrested or convicted or anything, detained. So there's he just kind of just. There's two scenarios which we may never know here. It's either there's, uh, uh, as you said, things underneath classified information that literally can't be said, or it is political grandstanding by Ted Cruz. Yeah. And I guess it could be both, right? I guess it's it's (laughs) probably what it is. Usually, it's always, we've always come to the realization that it's kind of somewhere in the middle. And it probably is. I mean, Granted, I don't think it was all the FBI that broke into the Capitol that day. But they were definitely, I mean, not that, I can't say definitely, but it's sure showing that there's a lot of provocateurs there. I said that word, right? There you go. (laughs) Yeah, make no mistake. Corey and I are not these conspiracy theorists that think this was all the Fed's idea. But for some reason, they always seem to get themselves tied up in these things in strange ways. It's like all throughout history. Why is there? Yeah. Like exactly, like exactly, like there's obviously legal standing for some of this, or else the defense of some of these people who said they were going to kidnap our governor and throw her on a boat and send her out to the <laughs> middle of Lake <laughs> Michigan. Stupidest fucking plan, uh, and they're all a bunch of fucking idiots for falling for it. Right? But their defense is entrapment because there were FBI agents all meddled inside that. In fact, a larger number of FBI agents than actual people wait (laughs) so feds aren't real people that's true okay we'll move on uh (laughs) i think our last thing of the evening Corey, because i I do not have a monologue i apologize uh this oh well actually we have we have two things what do we got talk about this one right here uh we got it's only a free market when it's beneficial to her nancy pelosi ah yes ah how could i forget uh so there's a huge push right now because recently uh, there was that insider investigation, an NPR report in September that a bunch of people were violating the Stock Act. They were doing insider trading. A bunch of them were buying and selling stocks right at the beginning of COVID, making a bunch of money to the point where now the whole country is like, what the fuck is this? So uh, Nancy Pelosi, obviously, when uh, whose personal wealth has uh, – <laughs> been under criticism to the point where a lot of people use her stock trades from using FOIA, which is the Freedom of Information Act. And they're making a lot of money doing the same trades that Nancy Pelosi's husband is and stuff like that. <laughs> so when pressed on it, because now it's now everyone's starting to come out, they're like, well, let's uh let's let's try to fix this. Maybe maybe uh, uh public servants shouldn't trade. And then she goes, we are a free market economy and they should be able to participate in that. Well 
right after that, McCarthy came out and he told us, uh, told people that he was considering a ban in all stock trades on members if Republicans take control of the House in the midterm elections. <laughs> it's not the Republicans are jumping on the bandwagon saying they're going to block it. And so as soon as he said that, um, there was a bunch of senators on both sides just all of a sudden just talking about, no, we got to ban it. We got to ban it. So uh, we have <clears throat> Senator Jeff Merkley and Raja and Raha Krishnamurti with the Ban Conflicted Trading Act, and it prohibits members of Congress. So these are we have a bunch of bills here now that are being introduced, which this is great. This is almost a positive news segment in itself. Yeah, but if any it, of these pass, but, but I don't it, know if any of them will. Is this this is this more political grandstanding? No, not just that, but isn't it like you know if if everybody comes up with their own bill, yeah, political grandstanding. But it, it doesn't it just muddy the water when you got when you got nineteen different goddamn bills coming in talking about whether or not. Uh, people in Congress should be able to own stock while they're serving the right, American but people. When you when you have a bunch of this stuff introduced, like people are going to start to fall in line behind some, and then you'll see some fall off, and then it'll probably get narrowed down to one or two right away. But uh, I think, anyways, you got but, better attitude than I do, Corey. <laughs> I mean, it's just there's so many of these people that are throwing these uh, bills up that it's like. They're throwing a bunch of shit at the wall. One's eventually going to stick. Beautiful. So, just how you want your government run, right? Let's just, yeah, just throw a shit at the wall sticks. and see what sticks. That's Well, that's what we've been doing, right? That one bounced. So the Ban Conflicted Trading Act prohibits members of Congress from trading stocks when in office or forces them to pull the, put their stocks in a blind trust. This act also applies to senior congressional staff. So now Abigail Spanberger, a Democrat from Virginia, uh, introduced the Trust Act or the Trust in Congress Act. And it requires members of Congress to put their investments in a blind trust. This act also applies to congressional spouses and their dependent children. So I see that you might even see the, them just putting their feelers out and see what everyone likes. And there might be just a muddled version of all of these together. Because then we also have the uh, Bank Congressional Stock Trading Act. Now, this is John Ossoff, the, the Democrat from Georgia, and Mark Kelly, a Democrat from Arizona. And they will require all lawmakers, their spouses, and dependent children to use blind trusts for their stock portfolios. If lawmakers violate the law, they would be fined their full congressional salary. I like that one. Which is like chiclets compared to what they would actually make on the on the stock market doing things correctly, though. I'm sorry. I am being so fucking cynical about this. Because right. <laughs> you're afraid nothing's going to get done. I just can't I don't know. help it. We're seeing a lot of weird stuff right now. You're seeing the Republicans are going to do everything they can. They're going to go to their toolkit and pull everything they can to win the 2022 elections. Senator Josh Hawley, a Republican from Missouri, introduced this bill, which would also for which is the Banning Insider Trading in Congress Act. It would also force members and their spouses to place stocks in a blind trust. Well, well, similar to the Ossoff Kelly bill, Holly's proposal doesn't apply to dependent children. Another difference is the penalty. Holly's bill would force lawmakers to return their stock profits to the Treasury Department, which actually has a heavier, like, depending on how much money they're making, if they're dealing in millions, that might be a bigger uh penalty than the actual congressional salary yeah and what's interesting about that is like we always talk about the inefficiency of government and to be able to actually take our tax dollars and do what actually needs to be done to i don't know make everybody's lives better uh when 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 you're when you're penalizing these these congress people and forcing them to send that money back to the treasury department they might have a little bit more skin in the game when it comes to legislating 
or governing, which is something that hasn't been done since the mid 80s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we have one more. It's uh, Rep Representative Angie Craig, from the uh, Democrat from Minnesota, announced Thursday she'd announced a bill requiring all members of Congress to sell their individual stocks in addition to banning them from owning individual stocks when in Congress. So that we have in a, in a fury, we have one, two, three, four, five, five different bills, different acts introduced on banning stock trading in Congress. Now, this is phenomenal because this is something that we've been up in arms about on this show when it comes to federal judges, when it comes to Congress. Now, unfortunately, I haven't seen any bills regarding the third branch of the government, the, judici mm -hmm. the judicial branch, but I mean, in due time, right? And hopefully one of these bills pass and they stick. And the judicial branch is a big deal because that's essentially why Stephen, Stephen Donziger was thrown in prison, why he's still under house arrest. We won't go deeply into him, but you can look him up if you're listening to the show. It's yeah, it's gross. Really please, easy to please find. Please look him up if you want to read something that's going to make you kind of make your stomach turn about our judicial system. Look up Steve Donzinger. Essentially, he was convicted of. And don't read the Chevron. Yeah, don't read the Chevron shit. Page, you know, uh, there's a Substack. Who's the one that's really been diving into this? It's uh, Greenwald's been digging yeah, into Glenn it. Yeah, Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, Glenn Greenwald. Look up Glenn Greenwald, Steve Donziger, and you'll find... Uh, Essentially, Stephen Donziger was uh, convicted of a misdemeanor for holding Chevron accountable for atrocities held or uh, committed uh, in, to indigenous people in uh, South America. So I can't remember exactly which country, but it doesn't matter. Um, it was Ecuador. Ecuador. That's right. And uh, he took Chevron to court, and he won, and they were pissed, and they... They stacked the courts against them back home? courts and... against them. He was the first. He was the first person to ever be thrown in prison for this type of misdemeanor. A misdemeanor was the contempt in court, which contempt he claimed was yeah. because he wouldn't give over his laptop because of client attorney privileges. Yep. And yeah, and they uh, he lost they him in jail. All right. Positive news. Last story of the night. Positive news. Oh no, this one is also not a ticker. <laughs> there it is. Now it's a ticker. You got to start figuring these things out. China has gone nuclear, and it could save the planet, Corey. I mean, that's a little bit, a little bit of a misleading headline. We're, I was just trying to do my best, uh, just trying to do my best <laughs> corporate media impression. Misleading headlines, and then you <laughs> throw up a misleading headline. Goddamn hypocrite! I did it as a joke. It's okay. I know you did. It's sensationalized. So China uh, was the first country to get their I, I'm going to try and botch this real quick and then you can correct me. They were the first they were the first to get their a, a nuclear reactor to be what what was it? 5 times hotter than the sun or whatever whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Uh well they <laughs> what they did they set the record for uh the China's artificial sun has set a new record, new world record after superheating a loop of plasma to temperatures 5 times hotter than the sun for more than 17 minutes. Now, other ones have uh, gotten up pretty much that high, but it was only for 390 seconds. And that was the the previous record set by France's Taurus Super Tokamak in 2003, where plasma in a coiling loop remained at similar temperatures for 390 seconds. So they did it for faster. So a thousand seconds, I don't know how many minutes that is. There's, that's what, almost like 15 minutes? But uh, but yeah. So what's why this is important? 
So this is important because it's nuclear fusion. It's not nuclear fission. So what we have with nuclear plants right now, a lot of it is nuclear fission where they're separating atoms and that heat is creating uh, steam in the water that's turning turbines that creates a constant clean energy source. But also creating the nuclear waste that everybody seems to be so worried about. Yes. But Which now still isn't that big of a deal, but that's another discussion. So nuclear day. fusion, the reason why this is the big deal is it's doing the opposite. So what they're doing is they're taking here. I'm going I'm to share this picture of this thing because it's wild looking. What they're doing is they have this giant like picture a donut, if you will. Inside of that donut, there's a ton of magnets. And in those magnets or and what those magnets do is they're forcing uh, deridium and or deuterium and tritium, which are two isotopes of hydrogen. And they're making that so that their their protons are getting really, really, really close to each other. Now, if you remember as a kid, you were trying to take two magnets and taking the same uh, pulls on them and trying to push them together and they wouldn't go together and they'd push away. So what they're doing is they're superseding that with stronger magnets and they're forcing these isotopes together and it's creating heat. And so what this is doing, this heat, you can take this heat and use it to, to, to heat up water and do the same thing a nuclear fusion or fission reactor does. But when you're only using hydrogen, you don't have nearly the same amount of nuclear waste. It's like, like a ridiculous ratio of like how much smaller this is. There's no chance of a nuclear meltdown because if you turn the magnets off, you're not forcing the, the reaction anymore. So it just kind of dissipates. And the deuterium is found in ocean water. So your byproducts, and when you fuse hydrogen, your byproducts are helium and your byproducts is desalinated water. So you're getting energy and you're getting desalinated water that could be in turn made profitable and helium, which is in turn profitable. And, and the, this uh, is the, talking... the most abundant uh, uh, element in the universe or the, in the known universe at least. Yeah, and you're literally creating a consistent, strong, powerful energy source that has virtually no greenhouse gases and very little waste and very little danger and it's interesting because it's like i feel like you could have like four or five of these things throughout the planet they could power the whole goddamn planet forever if if done properly right yeah look at that thing thing looks freaking insane um but yeah let me see what i can find here yeah it's so it uh basically it, it makes it, it, it's doing the same thing of what the sun does, which is the sun. It, it does this, it creates, uh, it, cre- it creates helium by forcing with the gravity, because the sun's gravitational forces, the magnetic fields are so, so strong that it creates nuclear fusion at its core, that it's forcing all of these different atoms together that don't want to be together. And that creates the heat. And so the way it would work is what I was reading is they would, put that hydrogen inside uh they would take that hydrogen force it inside a uh and make the the liquid fusion happen into it turns into a plasma and uh go back to the stake sorry i was reading a comment from somebody this must be a replay it only has one view go back to the stake what stake there was steak we're talking about steak <laughs> oh, we're talking about steak you threw me way off there corpy <laughs> um <laughs> and uh 
so they they're taking the liquid metal and putting it around this nuclear fusion and then that metal is going to be superheated and then they can use that heat to create steam and use that steam to go through a turbine and create energy and so that's basically it but like this could potentially be something that's just going to be groundbreaking for the world and i'm excited about it that's until big oil gets a hold of this news and throws out a bunch of co- propaganda. They're going to invade. They're going to invade. Uh, yeah, so right now like, in France, it's called ITERS. I forget what it stands for exactly. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, I closed out the article. Never mind. It's not a big deal. It's not but, a uh, big deal. But like France, uh, the EU, China, the USA, and Russia are all working together on this fusion. And it's it's groundbreaking. This is something that's going to be really exciting to see in our future, I believe. Spreading positivity. Positive news. Spreading positivity. We're an hour and a half deep. Corey Walsh, tell the people where they can find us. Yeah, all right. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what you hear, go ahead and tell a friend where you heard on Libservative. You can find us on all social media platforms and all podcast platforms. We are on Instagram and uh, Twitter at LibservativePod. We are on Facebook at Libservative. Uh, If you want to reach us directly, it's uh, LibservativePod at gmail.com. We are on Twitch at Libservative, and we have a blog, and you can find that at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. You can can find our monologues, and until next time. He's been Corey Walsh. And he's been Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative, and we are out of here.